Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody, and a happy Friday to you here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. It is the Steve Jones Show. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors Studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. And every Friday show, brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, water, soda, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. The pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. And six great flavors of slushies. Now we can use them, now that we've got actual spring-like weather back again, unlike yesterday. All at Brewers Athlete, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And big NFL news to kick things off for today. A draft day trade, another one has been made, involving Orlando Brown with the Ravens. The Ravens are trading him a 2021 second-round pick and a 2022 sixth-round pick to Kansas City for number 31 overall this year. So the... Baltimore is going to have two late first-round picks, 27 and 31. They'll get a fourth-round pick, or excuse me, third-round pick this year, fourth-round pick this year, and then a 2022 fifth-round pick. And now the Chiefs can negotiate a contract extension with Orlando Brown because that was not apparently going to get done with Baltimore. So Baltimore decides to trade him now, and they get a couple more draft picks out of it, including two first-round picks for Thursday's first round. Quickly approaching. I can't wait for next week. And hoping to bring in some big names again as we count down to the 2021 NFL Draft. And also, it will be... You'll be seeing Roger Goodell there in person. Adam Schefter also reporting earlier in the day that he is fully vaccinated and will be allowed to hug the players who attend Thursday night's draft. Which includes... One, Micah Parsons. Also, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Kyle Pitts, Rashawn Slater, uh, Christian Barmore, Gregory Rousseau, and uh, Caleb Farley and Patrick Sertan the second. Sertan the second. So, there you go. 
That's everybody that's going to be there. It was reported a few weeks earlier that uh, Trevor Lawrence was going to stay in his South Carolina home and not attend the draft. And also the Browns exercised the fifth-year option on Baker Mayfield. So a couple NFL notes today, but of course, most notably, the Orlando Brown trade, which makes sense really for Kansas City as well, because of course, we all know the offensive line issues they had depth-wise in the Super Bowl, and they've had to let go, they had to let go a couple of starters because of COVID issues, because of the uh, money issues related to the pandemic. So. This was a clear. This was a good good move for both teams. So we'll see what else pops up for as we head to Thursday night's first round, and then tonight, of course, is the first spring or excuse me, the second spring practice, the last one at Beaver Stadium. Once Steve steps up to the mic here, we will be getting a set preview for that. Of course, a lot of talk about. Sean Clifford and how he's going to how how he's been grasping the offense and I think what Donnie Collins said yesterday is pretty much what I would agree with is it's going to just come down to his accuracy and his execution his actual physical execution there is no doubt in my mind there should be no concern that Sean Clifford wouldn't get this offense down I know he's been doing it the last couple of seasons so he's all of a sudden just basically in a rhythm now at this point, I would think. It knows how to learn offenses quickly and digest it, new information quickly. So I, I don't for dis, I don't foresee that being an issue either. And then you continue to look at the defense that has been impressive so far. Of course, we'll see what happens when they face actual opponents. But you do like what you have to see. You like the amount of depth in the secondary as Steve and Others around Penn State have talked about before. The linebacker situation is intriguing, but it looks like it's heading in the right direction. And I think it definitely will come down to how Curtis Jacobs does in pass coverage. But definitely Brandon Smith, at least, is in a better position now to be more explosive at the line of scrimmage. So this this has got potential to be a good one-two combo here for the Penn State defense. It's just on the opposite side. Can the offense right the ship from last year? Still a lot of, lot of young faces, but at least they have a year now under their belt when you talk about the rest of the skill positions. So we'll see. There's, there's a lot for this Penn State team to prove, obviously, coming off of last year. So... We're going to get into that and more. Plus, the King is going to join us as well for another What to Watch For segment. Hope everybody enjoyed the new segment. We've been trying to change it up a little bit. So we'll get to that when he joins us, of course, at 4.35 today. I have mostly... Actually, they're all all sports-related, but I have a couple of good ones in there, I think. King brought it last week. So I am... Very excited to see what he's got in store for us this week. And then maybe Steve will have Penn State Nuggets to look for next week. He called it for everything that happened this week, so we'll see. 
So we'll get to Steve hopefully after on the other side of this break. It is the Steve Jones Show here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Brewers Outlet. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is because it's Brewers Outlet time. The beverage supermarket has the area's largest beer selection, imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet Reagan Street Sunbury wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage. So we're at the um, company staff party and at one point they played this and the suit was moonwalking to it. It was you want to talk about your proverbial room clearer. Alright, uh, today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet. Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports domestics microbrews. Right about now, I think Matt could go for any of them. Anytime, anywhere. And they roast their peanuts fresh and not every day. They got lots of snacks there. Pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. It is all at Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street, and somebody the beverage supermarket. Oh, and by the way, with temperatures getting into the 70s to near 80 next week, how about six different flavors of slushies? All at Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street, and somebody the beverage supermarket. And... We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. So it was on this date in 1962 that the Mets won their first game. They only won 40 games that year. Guess who covered the game for the AP? Lou Prado. And he wrote the, and he sent me the article today. Pitcher Jay Hook of the New York Mets may never get a ticker tape parade up Broadway, but he's a big hero for to New Yorkers. Hook pitched the Mets to their first ever victory in history Monday night, snapping a nine-game losing streak by beating the Pirates 9-1. to The victory also halted the Pirates' 10-game winning streak and prevented them, let's see, prevented them from uh, setting a new Major League record for consecutive games won to start the season. Hook, a young right-hander, grabbed in the National League player draft from Cincinnati, gave up five hits and walk one. Meanwhile, his mates backed him with a 14-hit barrage against three pirate hurlers. That's the best game I've had in a couple of years, Hook told Newsman in the dressing room after the game. My fastball was working real well. I only threw my curve when I got behind a batter. Mets manager Casey Stengel said happily, that boy pitched a wonderful game. That's the best pitching this team has had so far this year. I'll let him pitch every day, maybe. Danny Murtaugh, the manager of the Pirates, also praised Hook. Hook pitched a really good ball game, Murtaugh said. He had a real good fastball, and his control was sharp. Stengel and the Mets were elated with their victory, but the dressing room celebration was on the sedate side. I'm so excited I'm shaking, the 71-year-old Stengel said, joking with Newsman. We sure... Was on, we sure was on a long nap, he said. Someone must have given us a pill, but if we win 
90 more? He says, we'll take the pennant. They only won 39 more after that. Veteran outfielder Richie Ashburn of the Mets. Yes, Whitey Ashburn said, quote, everyone was so tight. We were beginning to think that we were never going to win. We were never more. They said, we'll be a lot more relaxed now. That was on this date, 1962, the Mets' first win. I read that for Chris Elio to let him know that his team actually did win some games. Beautiful. They said, quote, I think this team is going to win again. It feels good to win, but I only felt it 39 more times. By the way, the Mets in the polo grounds that night drew 24,560. How about that? Well, they were excited to get National League Baseball back in the city because both the Dodgers and the Giants had left. That's, that's right. why the that's the reason why the Mets were created. The Mets were created to fill the National League void in the city. Lou Prado wrote the story for the AP covering the Mets. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Let's go to Brewers Outlet. Let's celebrate the warm weather coming in. How about that? The last couple of days have been lousy. Today's really nice. And the weekend looks nice. And how about next week? 74, 75, 80, 81. How about that? I'm definitely hitting the links up this Saturday and maybe even next week. Brewers outlet time, my man. Oh, yeah. When I come in August 4th, that's what we're going to go over. We're going to stock up. What do you think? I'm down. Hey, imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Now, maybe you prefer a wine cooler. Water. Soft drinks, snacks. See the suit, go back to the beer. What? They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And six great flavors of slushies. How about that? And the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. All the brewers out like Reagan Street and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia. Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. Great time to go out to the lot, check it out. And they have a staff that will talk with you and deal with you. They have so many repeat customers because they have a great sales staff that just cares about you. Oh, sure. Do they want to sell vehicles? Of course they do. I mean, let's be realistic here. Of course. But they can't make the sale unless you're comfortable with it. That's what they try to do. They try to make you comfortable with the sale. So go out. Dream a little bit. And then guess what? The strong possibility can make the dream come true. And they have a service department that backs it up. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. Yes, Penn State did, basketball-wise, get a transfer in this direction today. Now, until they release it, I can't, you know, I can't put it out there because, again, I fall under NCAA 
uh, regulations, but I can at least tell you it happened. And go from there. Let's get to a couple of stories here. The Chiefs have made a trade, and then we're going to get to the Olympics, which now is a big problem. Chiefs acquired tackle Orlando Brown from the Ravens. If I had a half billion invested in number 15, as the Chiefs do, you make this trade. Uh, The Chiefs will send to the Ravens their 2021 first-round pick, number 31 overall, their 2021 third-round pick, number 94 overall, and fourth-round picks, uh, and a fourth-round pick, 136, along with the 2022 sixth-round pick. So essentially they gave up one first-rounder and a third-rounder here to get Brown. Look, you're talking about a Pro Bowl right tackle. And he wants to play left tackle anyway. And remember, Eric Fisher has been cut by the Chiefs, as well as Mitchell Schwartz. So they're trying to rebuild their tackles. Now, maybe they bring him back, who knows. But the Chiefs have remade the rest of their offensive line. They've signed Patriots guard Joe Tooney, five-year, $80 million deal. Rams center Austin Blythe, good pickup. Kyle Long of the Bears, they brought him out of retirement. Uh, Mike Remmers is still there. He filled in for Schwartz last year in the Super Bowl. And now they bring in Orlando Brown. So they've remade the offensive line because guess what? They got a half billion dollar investment sitting back there that needs to be protected. So you make the trade. I like what they did there. Then there's the story on the Olympics. Yeah, this is not great to hear. Being Suits three months really, away. <laughs> the, 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 suit, the suit is really into the Olympics. Really into it. He is. I mean, really into it. That's why I wanted to do this story. <laughs> You're disgusting. No good! No good! No good! So, the Olympics... I See, I think the Olympics are going to happen no matter what. I think it really, I really do. The question is whether they're going to let any um, fans in. Because as of right now, they're going through apparently what their third lockdown? I believe so, yeah. So now I see this story here. Okay. Tokyo and parts of Japan enter third COVID 19 lockdown. So the Olympics are scheduled to start in exactly three months. Tokyo and Osaka, however, are preparing to go into another lockdown as coronavirus cases surge throughout Japan. Japan declared a third state of emergency today for significant portions of the country, including two of its largest cities, in an effort to curb infections. The, quote, short and intensive emergency orders will start Sunday and last through May 11th coinciding with the Golden Week celebrations. Japan, per the report, already has 550,000 total confirmed cases of the coronavirus and less than 10,000 deaths. Osaka has recorded more than 1,100 new cases just on Friday, Tokyo nearly 800. 
The country has struggled so far to administer a vaccine due in part to shortages of both vaccines and also shortages in health care workers. The Olympics are currently set to start on July 23rd, and the IOC sounds determined to hold them. IOC President Thomas Bach is set to visit the country just after the emergency order ends in a planning visit. The IOC has the authority to decide, and the IOC has decided to hold the Tokyo Olympics. We aim to hold the Games while taking strong measures to protect people's lives from the further spread of infections. Now, this may mean no fans. This may mean no fans. And if there are no fans, you know what I think this means? I think that in 2032, Tokyo will get the Olympics back. I really do. Because already 24 is set for Paris, 28 is set for Los Angeles. If they can't have fans, I would give Tokyo another shot. Or I'd give to- or else I'd move L.A. back to 32, whatever it takes. The IOC has already announced that fans from other countries will not be allowed to attend the games. The question is whether fans in Japan will be allowed to attend. Bach, while respecting the shutdown, believes it has nothing to do with the impending Olympics in the country, something many fear the healthcare system in Japan is not ready for. The state of emergency is absolutely in line with the overall policy of the government, Bach said, but it is not related to the Olympics games. It is related to Golden Week. I will be frank with you. I don't know what Golden Week is. I don't know if you know. I don't. Now, they're talking about 206 nations, 11,091 athletes, and supposed to run from July 23rd to August 8th. So, in other words, we'll be playing the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament right in the middle of the Olympics. I wonder if that means that the suit won't play. If we're playing in the middle of the Olympic Games, would he dare show up at the golf course? S-U-I-T, that spells suit That's a very legitimate question. Or he's going to just watch on the course on his phone. Well, to be honest with you, it wouldn't hurt his game. (laughs) (laughs) Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Time now for the shutter. Oh, look. Simone Biles just hit a great routine. Shutter misses ball. Okay. uh, (laughs) Oh, boy. Speaking of which, the Team USA, the women's soccer team, they got a hard draw for their group. Sweden, France, I think. Like, they got a lot of – they got a brutal group. And they just barely tied with Sweden not too long ago when that friendly. Just throwing that out there. A friendly. Correct. It's funny because that's how we, we refer to the staff meetings on Monday. Yeah. So so Osaka, Kyoto, and Hyogo have all experienced sharp increases in cases. Okay. They will not go into full lockdown. Restaurants and businesses in Japan will be under restrictions. 
Places that sell alcohol or offer karaoke will experience the strictest limitations. Uh, now keep in mind, you're like, you, you know, offer karaoke singing. Of course, you're belting it out, you know. Now, maybe, you're, you know, I don't know what the, I assume they have mask restrictions all over the place. Policies go into effect uh, until May 11th, two months before the games begin. I do not know what Golden Week is. Do you? I do not. I'll have to Google it. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll Google it here. Golden Week. It says Golden Week. Um, okay, Golden Week. A week from uh, 29th of April to early May containing a number of Japanese holidays. Uh, holidays that are celebrated. The Emperor's Birthday, uh, Greenery Day, Showa Day, hmm. Constitution Memorial Day, Citizens Holiday, Greenery Day, Children's Day are all celebrated during this time. That's why they called it Golden Week. So it goes from April 29th to May 5th. There you go. So em- Learn something new every day. The Emperor's Birthday, Greenery Day, and Showa Day uh, are all on the 29th. Constitution Memorial Day, uh, which started in 1949, is on May 3rd. Citizens' Holidays is on May 4th. Um, and a second Greenery Day, which they started celebrating in 2007, is on May 4th. And Children's Day. Um, and they also call it the Feast of the Banners. Is on the 5th of May. Okay. So that's what it is. That's why they call it Golden Week. And they get many Japanese nationals, according to this, get paid time off during this holiday, and some companies are closed down completely and give their employees time off. Golden Week is the longest vacation period of the year for many Japanese workers. Two other Japanese holidays are observed for most or all of the week, Japanese New Year in January, and the Oban Festival in August. Golden Week is a popular time for holiday travel. See, this is why they're shutting it down. Holiday travel. Despite significantly higher rates, flights, trains, and hotels are often fully booked. Popular destinations include Asia, Guam, Saipan, and Hawaii. Major cities on the West Coast of North America, such as L.A., Seattle, San Diego, San Francisco, and Vancouver, and a number of cities in Europe and Australia, as well as Danville. So, um... What? S-U-I-T. That spells suit He is the king of Ward 4, by the way, I'd like to point out. <laughs> um, so they're discouraging holiday travel during Golden Week. That's why they're shutting it down, because of, you know, everybody's going to be, quote, off to begin with. So it's somewhat similar to what PA did for St. Patrick's Day. Except some people didn't have off, but... You're talking about St. Patrick's Day or State Patty's Day? Well, it was that it was that general weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, but see, here at Penn State, they have State Patty's Day, which they're trying right. to get some control over. Yes. Uh, to go with St. Patrick's Day. You know, and, you know, 
and it, it's always like I always find it to be a disturbing time because you know all of a sudden you've got this guy running around the station calling himself Kevio Suit. I mean, <laughs> we'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Brewers Outlet. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Doug's uh, birdsong sent me a test. He said, shouldn't Japan have a suit week? I texted him back. I said, yes, it's called Christmas. We send him to Japan and we get to celebrate. <laughs> S-U-I-T. That spells suit. <laughs> I can't stand this show. <laughs> oh, All right. Big story here. College football playoff committee, believe it or not, is uh, considered up to a 16-team playoff. Uh, the college football playoff management committee this week considered dozens of possibilities for future expansion, including options ranging from six to 16 teams. What? <laughs> well, I wouldn't say it's a bullet. They're just considering it. <laughs> I think it's a bull in it. They're even considering it, honestly. Well, they're they're not going to change this thing until the contract's up. You're not going to get more money uh, until it's this contract's up. Now you're going to negotiate the new contract two years out. So I would say they would really start negotiating in earnest like a couple of years from now. College football playoff management committee. This is Heather Dinich, by the way. Heather Dinich of ESPN wrote this story. Heather has done a brilliant job of covering this from day one. The CFP Management Committee, which comprises 10 FBS commissioners plus Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick, discussed some 63 possibilities for change. The models include 6, 8, 10, 12, and 16 teams. As you know, I've talked about the 12, okay? I've talked about 12 teams in it, giving the top four a bye and then have five play 12, 6, 11, 7, 10, 8, 9, and then move forward from there. And, and here's the reason why I look at it. When you look at the NCAA basketball tournament, 19% of teams in college basketball make the NCAA basketball tournament. 19%, 68 teams. There's 357 in Division One basketball. What you have is all corners of the country and everything in between represented in that tournament. So not only can you have Gonzaga from Washington State be there, 
you also have UCLA from Los Angeles there. Baylor from Texas is in there. University of Texas is there. Oklahoma's in there. All right? Illinois. Ohio State. Alabama. Florida. Uh, up the East Coast you go to Hartford representing smaller schools. Villanova. I mean, every corner of the country is represented in the tournament, which then brings with it viewership from all parts of the country. And eventually you get to a championship game. What has happened with the college football playoff is that you've had too many years. There's only been one year where there's been a West Coast team in. That's Washington in 2016. And to be honest with you, Penn State should have been in instead of them. Okay? Different story, different day. But, you know, it's just Penn State, whatever. Penn State won nine in a row, should have been in. But doesn't matter. But that's the one year you had a West Coast team in there. Uh, with Oregon. Now, Oregon was in one time, too. So my apologies. So twice it's happened. After that, the furthest west you've had any team be is Oklahoma. And sometimes you have nothing but southern teams in it. You know, it's been a couple of years Ohio State didn't make it, for example. I know Michigan State made it at one point. But you don't have the diversity out there to interest the entire country in your playoff and it's now starting to reflect in the TV ratings. And I don't want to hear the story, well, you're still going to get the same teams anyway. That's irrelevant. When the thing starts, everybody's interested. When it starts, you know how it's going to play out. I'm sorry? I said thank you. You're correct. Right? I mean, everybody's when you start, everybody's going to be interested. It doesn't matter if it comes down to the same teams again. That doesn't matter. Hey, what matters is by having more representation in it, how big a deal is it if, you know, Penn State under tw- with 12 teams, Penn State would have made it how many times? Three times? Maybe four. What, you don't think that you're going to get Penn State, you're not going to get Nittany Nation in drove watching that game? What if they play Texas? You know, I mean, it doesn't matter how it turns out. It's about how it begins. There are 68 teams when the tournament begins and then 32. All right? And finally you get to the final four. Yeah, there's four left. Okay. Then it might be Duke. It might be Kentucky. That doesn't matter. It's the journey to get there that interests the entire country, and that's what college football doesn't have right now.